Hello and welcome to the Brookwood Church Sunday Message Podcast. This week we celebrate the resurrection of our Savior Jesus Christ. If you want to keep connected with all that's happening here at Brookwood, make sure that you visit brookwoodchurch.org forward slash keep connected to find resources from our pastors and staff. Also, don't forget to participate with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Our prayer is that this message can be an encouragement for you during this time. Thank you for tuning in to our Easter service. You know, I have missed seeing your faces and asking questions up close. Some of you are glad I can't ask you questions, in fact. But I think this has really helped all of us because we're really learning that God is as present in our homes and in our personal settings as he is in this church building. And so I'm glad that many of you are sitting there. The children are there. They have their toys. You have your snacks. Maybe your pajamas are on. But I'm glad. I think this is a good setting for us to experience God and realize he's just as present, just as tangible in our homes, in our personal lives as he is in a building that we call church. So we continue our Easter series. I called this series Questions from Calvary. And the reason that I focused on questions in this series is because I think questions, when they're honestly asked, when people are being sincere, I think what they ask reveals what's on their minds, what's in their hearts. It reflects on what a person is truly thinking or feeling or even what is important to that person. Today's question, which I have titled a challenging question, was actually spoken by an angel. And you can find it if you've taken out your outline, downloaded it from our website. It's found there on the top. It's from Luke 24 at verse 5. And the question is this. Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? You know, the resurrection of Jesus cannot be overstated. It's the most significant, most important event in history and it's essential to our faith now we know that jesus suffered and died for our sins on good friday but is it is his easter resurrection that proves that that death was accepted by the father as sufficient to cleanse us of sin In fact, Paul wrote at 1 Corinthians 15, 17, that if Christ has not been raised, then your faith, meaning our faith, is useless. And we are still guilty of our sins. This angel's question, asked on Easter morning, challenged two women, Mary, the mother of James, and Salome. We can see them at Mark 16, verse 1. And he challenged them to remember a specific promise Jesus made that he would be raised from the dead. Now, there were three women that left before dawn. Mary Magdalene was also with them. But apparently she was either a little younger or a little faster or a little more eager, maybe not quite so burdened down with grief. And she ran ahead. So she arrived at the tomb first, found it empty, and she ran to tell the disciples. So these other two women arrived a bit later. 
So we want to consider this angel's question to them. The angel's question first was received by the despondent. And I mean these two women. We're in Luke chapter 24 at verse 1. But very early on Sunday morning. Now literally, the Greek says the first day of the week. But very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb taking the spices they had prepared. Now understand this, historically, Jews had no names for the days of the week. So every day was numbered in relation to the Sabbath that was the seventh day. After Jesus' crucifixion and his burial on Friday, these women had returned home because you remember a Jewish day begins at sundown. So they were in a hurry to remove Jesus from the cross and bury him before the day ended because the Sabbath would have begun. So these women had hurried home to observe the Sabbath. And probably at sundown on Saturday, they prepared spices to return to the tomb and anoint Jesus' corpse. But I want you to imagine how these women felt when they gathered the spices, when they mixed them together, when they prepared the balm, and as they carried this weight and walked down the path in the darkness toward the tomb. They were filled with despair. They were burdened by grief. You see, their hope in God's kingdom that it was about to be ushered in had perished when Jesus died. And so when they approached the tomb, and still it was very early light, they discerned that the grave had been disturbed. And verse 2 in Luke chapter 24 tells us, They found out the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. These women were surprised to find the stone moved. In fact, in Mark 16, they're discussing, I wonder who we can get to move this stone for us. And they probably, it doesn't appear, were aware that there were guards posted at the tomb. Specifically because they thought, based on Jesus' words about being raised from the dead, they thought his disciples would steal his body and then claim a resurrection. So we continue in verse 4. As they stood there, puzzled. Now what does that mean? Some translations say perplexed, confused, uncertain, bewildered. Or I like this translation the best. To be at a complete loss. And then two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. Now, Luke doesn't say that these two were angels. Matthew and John both identify them as angels. At this moment, we see that the guards proved no problem, Matthew 28 says, because when they saw the angel, they fainted. These women believed that Jesus was dead. 
So they were going not to, to see him, not to talk to him, not to greet him, not to worship him, but to honor his passing, to prepare his lifeless corpse to be permanently laid in the tomb. Their Savior was deceased. Their hope for Messiah had expired. See, these women were thinking humanly. And they forgot or they didn't fully grasp that in Jesus, they were encountering God. The same God for whom nothing, even resurrection, is impossible. Now, these women had benefited from the life and the teaching of Jesus. They had grown in their trust of God. They'd been inspired to live more faithfully. They became more familiar with the Scriptures. So there was benefit in being with Jesus when He was alive and as He taught. But now He's dead. And in their minds, that experience is over. I wonder how many of us have a Savior who is really dead. Think about this. Is, is your Savior alive or dead? If you're relying on Jesus' death for forgiveness of sins, but you have no ongoing relationship with Him, then your Savior might as well be dead. You see, a living relationship with Jesus is like a relationship with any other person. It includes ongoing conversation and dialogue. Interaction occurs. But also, when you're in relationship with someone, they are interested in your life, which means sometimes they intrude into your life. They always influence your decisions and you're interested in their opinions, and they'll even confront you, if they care, when you go astray. So do we have a living Savior or a dead one? And in your life, and even now at Easter, as you reflect on Jesus as our Savior, are you looking for a dead Savior who will forgive your sins and get you into heaven but leave you totally alone on earth to live how you want. That's not who Jesus is. He's alive. He will not leave you alone. The angel's question also reminded these women of Jesus' words. At verse 5, the women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. So they went quickly from being puzzled, confused, not knowing what to think, to being afraid. When they saw the, the, the it appeared to them that the clothing, the robes were shining, but in reality, it was likely the whole person of these two men who were angels. 
And they saw these gleaming clothes and it, they were intimidated of it. They, they saw this, this radiation of dazzling light coming them, coming from them and it, it, it overwhelmed them and, and it humbled them and they, they bowed. I think that was a natural response. I think any of us in the presence of divinity would bow as well. And then the men asked the question, Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Now this angelic question was actually the first announcement that Jesus was alive. You know, it, it seems that the, the first three human witnesses to Jesus' resurrection, all three women, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome, all of them immediately thought Jesus' body had been taken, snatched from the grave. And they speculated on who would have done it and for what reason. But the angel challenged these women to remember what Jesus had told them months before. And he said, remember what he told you back in Galilee. It was about 70 miles north of Jerusalem, up near the Sea of Galilee. That the Son of Man, which was the reference Jesus would use for himself, must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified. And that he would rise again. Now, the Greek literally says he would be raised. You see, Jesus was passive in the resurrection because the Holy Spirit actually gave him life. And raised him from death. And this would happen on the third day. Since Jesus had predicted his resurrection. And he said it numerous times. The disciples heard it on at least three or four different occasions. These women heard it at least once. But perhaps they were in the group that heard it more than that. But since Jesus had predicted his resurrection. They should have been expecting it. But obviously they did not, since they brought spices to anoint his dead body. It's interesting how often we read a promise from God, and because we question it, we discount it and don't think about it anymore. And we really live humanly, even fleshly, more than we live spiritually trusting in the promises of God. I want us to understand that every one of Jesus' words and every promise of God has either already come true or it will come true in the future. And you see, it's these living words these truths spoken by our living Savior that transform our lives when these truths are applied to us by the Holy Spirit. 
And very often that application of truth, it drives out, it dispels lies that we believe already about God, about ourselves, about our world. But everyone ask this question for, to yourselves. What words of Jesus have changed my life? And I'll add another. What words or truths of Jesus am I relying on right now? Particularly in this time of being cloistered or quarantined away from each other. The angel's question was responded to with action by these women. Luke 24 and verse 8. Then they remembered that he had said this. So they rushed back from the tomb to tell his 11 disciples and everyone else what had happened. See, this news was too great. It was too fantastic to take casually. This information propelled them into motion. They now had a message to convey, not only to the disciples, but to anyone and everyone else who would listen. These women had experienced news that was so wonderful that it had to be shared. But they, haven't, they didn't experience anything that you haven't. You've received the same news. And when we receive, and this kind of news is actually, it's more spiritually experienced confirmed by the Holy Spirit, than it is just heard. But when we understand, when we grasp it, and it grasps us that Jesus is alive, it changes us. And it causes us to not only love God, love His Word, but also love His people, and be concerned for those who don't know Him yet. See, experiencing the Easter reality of Jesus' resurrection compels us to love and to serve others. But also to share this wonderful news that Jesus lives. And because He lives, we too have eternal life, and will live forever by faith. See, by faith, we, we can trust all of Jesus' promises. The man who was raised from the dead confirms that everything he told us was true. So we can trust his promise that we can have peace even when facing trials and sorrows. Even in this, this threatening situation of COVID-19 or the coronavirus, whichever use your name you prefer. Because he's overcome this fallen world of sin and sickness, we 
can live without fear. And we can find comfort and freedom from worry through prayer. We can tell God what's concerning us and His peace will fill us. We can, as the Scripture says, cast our cares on Him because He cares for us. As we close this Easter service, I want us to reflect on the life, the death, and the glorious resurrection of our living Savior. And let's do so as we worship through this song. What a beautiful name. John 11 at verse 25 and 26 tells us about Jesus saying, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. And everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. And then he asked, do you believe this? And I want to challenge you with this question as well. Do you believe this? Let the Spirit confirm faith in you and then discuss this question with your family, with your friends, through comments with your watch party. Jesus died so that we can live. And He displayed this so clearly, so powerfully, so gloriously on Easter morning. Thank you for watching. Thank you for joining us today for our online Brookwood service. Visit brookwoodchurch.org to find ways to give, serve, connect, and view the latest updates, or to find encouragement from our pastors. To connect with us, you may either email pastors at brookwoodchurch.org or call 864-688-8200 or find us on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. Thank you for staying connected and remember that we are the church no matter how or when we meet. We'll see you next time.